Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and uh, we're talking about the Kingdom of God again. And uh, like I said this morning, I'm here from the government, and I'm here to help. And the government is, of course, the Kingdom of God, which was the government. The Israelites were a government. Uh, Judea was a government. The temple was a government building. Jesus was a king. And he said, I'm going to take the kingdom away from you, speaking to the people in charge at that time, which were people claiming to be Pharisees. There's been a wide variety of Pharisees over the centuries. But the Pharisees that were in charge of the temple at that time had instituted a program, uh, a number of programs, but one in particular, which was the Corbett of the Pharisees, which Christ condemned and said, made the word of God to none effect. And so he said, I'm going to take the kingdom away from you because you're not bearing fruit and they're not bearing fruit because they had instituted this system of Corbin through the temple with the help of Herod. And I'm going to appoint it to another group that would bear fruit. And so, I mean, that's right there in the text. I'm going to take the kingdom from you. Then later he tells his little flock, which is his disciples, at least his disciples, maybe the, the 70 and eventually the 120 in the upper room. And he says, I'm going to appoint unto you a kingdom as my father has appointed to me. And of course, now, when did he take the kingdom away from the Jews that were in charge of the kingdom at that time? The ruling class. Uh, which was the Pharisees and Herod and a lot of other politicians that probably included Sadducees and a few, actually even a few Essenes uh, were in that entourage. They were often mocked by other Essenes, maybe not maliciously, but they were referred to as the lovers of soft things. At least that's the way it translates out. But the point is, is that all this drama that we see going on in Judea at the time of Christ was the political drama. Because Israel and Judea were governments. And Jesus was a king. And he was hailed as the highest son of David when he came into Jerusalem. He goes into the royal treasury and is instructing the ministers in the royal treasury. Right there in the text, we see it. He's in the treasury, specifically the Greek word gastophone, which is the royal treasury. What is he doing in the royal treasury? That's the king's treasury. And how come he gets to instruct the ministers who are managing the royal treasury? How come he can fire the money changers, which is what you do with the string whip? We explain all this in articles. So it's all there that he's the king. And later on in Acts, we see him referred to as these are the ones who do contrary to the decrees of Caesar. Acts 17, I think it is. And saying that there is another king on Jesus. And of course the defense that Paul has against the Pharisees who are claiming that, you know, that they, that he's misappropriating funds and etc. His claim in court is that, no, this is the kingdom of God. We've been a kingdom since way back in the days of Judea. And, and in the days of Israel. In the days before the captivity, that we, we, we go all the way back to Shem and, and Noah. You know, this is, but the kingdom of God, we also know, is written upon your hearts and upon your minds. But what's written on your heart and your mind compels you to do things a certain way, which is what Christianity was called the way. Now again, Christianity is not called the way, it's called Christianity. But Christianity, by definition, is supposed to be those people that are following the way of Christ. And it is my contention, although a lot of people aren't going to like it, that most people today that are claiming to be Christian are not following the ways of Christ. They're actually workers. Many of them are actually workers of iniquity. Now, somewhere in between all that, there are some people who want to be Christians, want to follow Christ, see a great deal in the philosophies and teachings and 
doctrines of Christ that they like and they want to be a part of that. And so they join up with some church or other and they say, hey, can you show me and teach me about Christ? And then that church or whatever institution it is they've gone to begin to teach them about Christ. And they are often wrong about some of their conclusions. For one thing, they refer to church over here as church. And over here, there's the government of the world. Because the governments of the world existed at the time that Christ was walking around. And he didn't seem to challenge them. But he did say that his kingdom, and he was king... And he appointed that kingdom to his disciples. That his kingdom was not of their world. And we have an article that explains exactly the context of why Jesus said that. Who he was talking to. Why he said it at that particular time. And what he likely meant. And we surround it with all kinds of facts and information you can look up. And you can make your own conclusions. Because until I began to realize this nature of the gospel, I kept having these questions and I was not getting answers from top scholars in the United States. They were not giving me the answers that made all the dots connected. The kingdom of God uh, is this system of self-government where God is... The king. And God, of course, gave you rights. And with those rights, he gave you responsibilities. And if you're living in the kingdom of God, you have all your rights and all your responsibilities. But anyway, uh, so this morning I talked for two hours about this building back better phrase that we heard from Joe Biden. And uh, it actually goes into the World Economic Forum, which was using it, which is a part of the Great Reset. And the Great Reset is a real thing. And there's all kinds of people who talk about it. And there's all kinds of people who deny it. But the, the, the fact is they publish that they're pushing for a Great Reset. And they're using COVID to do it. And so anyway, I talked a great deal about that and, and shared with you a video. And of course, I said what we actually need is the greatest reset, which is what Christ was really doing when he was king of his kingdom. And then appointed some aspects of that kingdom to men that were here and he was going to leave and he said that I have to leave so that you guys do what? Take responsibility. If you're raising children and we're supposed to be children of light, uh, children of God, if you're raising your children, you have to give them responsibilities and let them struggle with it. Somebody was just talking on YouTube where he was, he went and he was buying uh, concrete and somebody else was bringing concrete back uh, at like Home Depot or someplace. And so he said, why don't you just load yours off your truck into my truck and we won't have to pick it up so high. So he just backed up and they were doing it. And there was one bag they couldn't reach. And so he had his boy up there and he says, you you bring that bag back here and uh, we'll put it on. Well, the kid was trying to bring it and it was just too heavy for him. He couldn't hardly move it and it was struggling with it. One minute, two minutes, he's still struggling, moving it along inch by inch. And the other guy was feeling bad. That, you know, like, I can get up there and get it. And he says, no, you don't help him. He's going to do it himself. And eventually the kid did get it all the way to the back tailgate, struggling and, and everything with it, and got it on there. And his dad said, he was just a little kid, and he says, you did a great job and you did it all by yourself. What do you say we go get some ice cream? And the kid was just elated. Elated for two reasons. He was going to get a reward, and he had no objection to the reward, but he also was elated because he actually got it done by himself. This is a very important part. The building back better idea is not really making things better. It's making us weaker. In the kingdom of God, you get your rights, but you also get your responsibilities. If you want your rights back, you have to take back your responsibilities. I just was listening to somebody talking about the Constitution of the United States. And, of course, many of you know where I stand on the Constitution. I, w I was a all-gung-ho constitutionalist until I read it. And I said there's a serious problem with reading it. I'm getting messages from people, voicemails. <laughs> the fact is, is that the Constitution is missing four or five 
elements, at least four major biblical elements, that the Bible says that we should put in a constitution. And we've gone over that, and we can go read Contracts, Covenants, and Constitutions, which has that. It's free online, and we have all kinds of articles free online concerning the Constitution. Back to, So the Constitution is this instrument. It's there. I'm not against the Constitution. I'm just saying it's lacking for at least four criteria that are biblical that are supposed to be in a Constitution. So people say, well, we should put those in the Constitution. Well, the problem is what they did in the Constitution was they created this separation of powers to deal with the fact that the Constitution can create a government and that government can become a beast. It can become a monster. It can become, you know, like Stalin or Mao. And so you have this separation of powers to kind of keep the the different factions warring against each other and not warring against the people. When they are all united under one leader, then the power absolutely corrupts government and destroys it. But the real insidious problem with this separation of powers is that the power is not really where it's supposed to be, which is in the hands and hearts of the people. Equally, in everybody, all across the board, 300 million Americans, 300 separations of power. That actually wouldn't be that because the power is within each family. It's called a potestas. When the power is within each family, you have, what, what, 300 million people, what is that? Uh, So that separation of power keeps anybody from becoming a tyrant. Of course, you could have your Jeff Bezos who end up being very wealthy and very influential and they influence a lot of the people that are working for them and those people like, uh, vote for Jeff and uh, then power can become... Uh, one-sided. He can gain all kinds of control, like Bill Gates with all his money. He can gain all kinds of control. He could end up making everybody in the United States get a vaccine because he wants everybody vaccinated for whatever reason, which may be good, may be really bad. And uh, maybe somebody else who's helped him become wealthy is actually influencing Bill Gates to want everybody to get vaccinated. He doesn't really care one way or the other, but the powers that made him powerful want him to get everybody vaccinated with a special kind of vaccine, an RNA vaccine, which is a synthetic, patented RNA vaccine. It's going to be in your body, creating stuff inside you, and you will become a GMO. (laughs) You will become a genetically modified organism. (laughs) And somebody will have a patent on you. I don't know. I'm not going to say one way or the other. It's just a conspiracy theory. But the point is, is that, yeah, they can become powerful. But if the power is equally divided amongst everybody in society, then what is, what is your alternative? What is your power to control the Jeff Bezos and the Bill Gates and the George Soroses? I was trying to think of other wealthy men. The Rockefellers, uh, these other, you know, the Rothschilds. And uh, what, where is your power to keep them from taking too much power? Because they have all this wealth and all this property. Should we institute communism or socialism and take their wealth away from them by force? Well, if you judge that's okay, then it's okay if they take your wealth away from you by force. No, the key to liberty under God is to actually do what God says. You don't just get your rights back. You take your responsibilities back. Because with every right, there is a co-relative responsibility. And you take that responsibility back and exercise that responsibility according to the moral character or spirit of God, which is God is a creator of life. So you're going to be exercising your rights and your responsibilities to create and maintain life and to prosper life. Not just your life. If you're just concerned about your life, that's not going to cut it. You have to be concerned about other people's life. And this is the the character of what Christ was saying. I am one who comes to serve. So he came to serve. And because he came to serve, 
He was exercising his responsibilities to love his neighbor as himself. You can't hardly do that. I mean, you can do that and help some little old lady who's got a flat tire and, you know, a couple of your buddies and friends and those people who love you, you can help them. But that's not really kingdom stuff. Kingdom stuff is to help people you don't even know, that you never even met. You cast your bread upon the waters and help them out. I mean, you are willing to do the red button thing where you are willing in the system of the world to push the red button and you suddenly get welfare, you get Social Security, you get, you know, uh, Medicare, Medicaid. You just push this little red button, you just fill out this thing, sign it, and you just get this automatic benefit. Somebody else somewhere is going to get something taken away from them, but you don't even know them, so it's okay. You see? That's how you got into the place where you're at, where the Bill Gates and the Jeff Bezos and the Rockefellers and the George Soros's and the people you don't even know the name of, you've never even seen them, are deciding whether you can go out of the house with or without a mask. Whether you can gather together, go visit your mom, and to, to take care of one another. You, you can't even make those decisions. They're taking those choices away from you because you become merchandise. If you, if without the power of choice, that's what you become is a thing, a, a resource. And that's what's happened. And you have become a resource because you haven't been exercising your responsibilities. So when Christ was telling the people to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, he was doing it not because there is something magical in the numbers, tens, hundreds, and thousands. Is because you are going to have to exercise your responsibility to care about your neighbor and the next group of ten as much as you care about your group of ten. So this is this is what was happening when Christ was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He was giving people back a choice. He was returning every man to his family and every man to his possession. He wasn't creating a communist government or socialist government like a lot of people say. And anybody who says that, they're just absolutely ignorant of the text because it's very clear in the text that he couldn't be doing that. But if you understand that he was not altering the nature of God or the nature of the kingdom of God, it was going to stay the same. But what had happened was the Pharisees did not understand what Moses originally told the Levites, because Moses and Jesus were in agreement. So he was just taking everybody back to where it all began and giving people the right to choose. There would be the church in the wilderness, and now there was the church established by Christ. And they both had the same function of providing a daily ministration to the needy of society and to, to serve the congregations of the people and the people had the same responsibility of caring about their neighbor as much as they cared about themselves. I mean, Moses said that. You had to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus didn't come up with that. Moses did. Actually, Moses didn't either. But we see it first from Moses' mouth in the biblical text. And that structure... Of individual responsibility, individual choice, redistributions of wealth, which is your wealth. You get to redistribute your wealth. You don't get to redistribute your neighbor's wealth, just your wealth. And you do it in the tens, hundreds, and thousands so you can see if you're doing a good job. You can see the results and you can get back good reports if you're doing good results and if the ministers are doing their job. The church, the, the church is the called out. That's the called out in the wilderness was the Levites and the called out in the kingdom of God was the disciples of Christ. He called them out. He trained them up. He appointed them the kingdom and said, go like I have gone to serve. Unfortunately, a lot of religions really aren't serving the people. They're tickling their ears. And so anyway, I put that video in this morning, uh, of Michael Matt. 
in the Remnant video. He's a Catholic. But it's a very interesting video. You can see it. You can go to preparingyou.com. Go to uh, Building Back. I'm still going to be editing on the page as I get time. But uh, it's an interesting video. And it tells you what they're up to. That mass mandates are not going to go away. Especially if Biden actually becomes the president. All over the world, mask mandates are not going away. Uh, shutdowns are going to continue. Italy is talking about shutdowns till 2024 at least. And of course, if we see the same process we've seen at 2024, they're going to continue it on. The, the uh, Great Reset is still in motion. And it's all contrary to what Moses said, what Christ said. It's taking your responsibilities away from you, taking your choices away from you. They're going to be responsible. They want to end private property, etc. So, who else says this besides uh, Michael Matt? Well, we've been detecting it. We've been seeing it. But there are people who are actually up in the know that are seeing it. One of those is Carlos Vegano. And I started going to his letter. He wrote a letter to Trump to inform Trump as to what's going on. And we put the letter up there on that page. It's down at the bottom. And I've highlighted some of it in red. And I, I wanted to do the rest, but I just haven't had the time. I've just been going since early, early this morning. And can't get it all done. But uh, it, it uh, I, we started it this morning. Let's see how much time have we wasted with all this interruption. Okay, well... I'm going to go through the first part of the letter rather quickly because I did it in this morning's show. But I want you to understand that they're telling you what's going on and Christ has the remedy and the solution. And if you had been following Christ for the last 100 years, they wouldn't even have a chance, a ghost of a chance, to get this done, what they're trying to do. Because you would have the Holy Spirit on your side. You would become a viable alternative you know, uh, what, what actually historians like, uh, Edward Gibbons said was a viable republic in the heart of the Roman Empire. That's what the church was. A viable republic. And of course, if you don't know what a republic is, you won't understand that. But the Christ's kingdom is a republic. In the earliest sense of the word republic, which was Liber Respublica, which means free from things public, every member of society sitting down in congregations of ten families are in free assemblies. They're not members of an organization. They have no fealty. The only allegiance they owe is to God and His righteousness. Those ten families make decisions for their own family, not for the other nine families in their congregation. This is just a means by which to circulate your blood into society. You know, redistribute your wealth into society in a way that you get to decide. The choice is yours. It's The choice is not somebody else's. You may give something to your minister and now it's his choice as to how to give that. Now he will remember you gave it to him. He will have a relationship with you. He will know what you're thinking. And he will try to serve God and you at the same time. But he is his own man too. Because if you want your rights back, if you want your right to choose back, you have to give choices to other people. So, that's just goes with the territory. That's just human nature. So, sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands would give you the tools against which this... Carol Archbishop is talking about. He says, The fate of the whole world is being threatened by a global conspiracy against God and humanity. Well, wait a minute. If the conspiracy is against humanity, is the conspiracy originally coming from humanity? Or is there somebody else afoot here? Well... It appears from that statement that there's somebody that is not only against God but against humanity and whoever that is would have to not really be humanity. But we're not going to name names right now but that's probably closer to the truth than you want to know because we're getting into a scary area here. But anyway, 
As Archbishop, he says, as a successor of the apostles, that's what he thinks he is, a successor of the apostles. And it's kind of ambiguous in the Roman Catholic Church. There has been a consanguinity of succession from from the apostles to the present day. There are there's the Roman Catholic Church that claims Peter, but there were other apostles, and there are other churches that claim, you know, like James was the head of the church. And it doesn't really matter. Any of the apostles could ordain a minister. And those ordinations have been passed down from age upon age, the same as John the Baptist had to baptize Jesus Christ. And Mary Magdalene actually had to anoint Jesus' feet. And uh, all, the Holy Spirit had to descend upon him. All these things, these are real things, but now we're getting over to the metaphysical side, but the point is, those are real. So you have to have somebody from the original church passing an anointing all the way down to the present day. And much of that has happened in the Catholic Church. It may have also happened in some of the other churches. It, and, it, and it can happen in ways that you can't even imagine. But that's not the essential thing. The essential thing is the Holy Spirit. But I tell you, just the same as what Jesus told to John the Baptist, John the Baptist says, I don't, you don't need to be baptized of me. I need to be baptized of you. And he says, no, it's right that all things should be in accordance. And so that's a real thing that's going on. But is all the Roman church following Christ? Or have they, like many of the Pharisees at the time of Christ, gone another way? How did Jesus take that kingdom away from those in power in Judea? Did he come with a fiery sword, you know, a lightsaber and drive them out of the temple? No, he just used a little string whip. It wasn't even a whip. It's a string rope like that of the Pharaoh. He said, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. And then people were going to have to look out amongst themselves and pick men to take the place of the porters of the temple. And they did that. They worked daily in the temple. The early church worked daily in the temple. They had access to the treasury. But there was a division because the way in which the treasury is set up, some people stayed with the Pharisees. Others went with the Christians. And many of them, by the thousands... Many of the Jews, thousands and thousands of Jews followed Christ as king. Followed Jesus as the Christ, as the anointed, as the Messiah, as the Messiah. People say, well, the Jews didn't accept him. Yeah, they did. It says right there in the book they did. I don't know where they get this. It's like they're not even paying attention to what they're reading. So this apostolic nuncio of the United States of America was this uh, carol. Archbishop Carroll, and he goes on to say, uh, in this, he said, uh, he sent a letter to Trump back in June, but now this letter was in October, I think, yeah, October 25th. And he says, the forces of evil aligned in a battle without quarter against the forces of good, the forces of evil that appear powerful and organized as they oppose the children of light who are disoriented and disorganized and abandoned by their temporal and spiritual leaders. This guy is not pro-Pope Francis, to say the least. Neither is Michael Matt. But, and it's, it's amazing, I've never seen anything like this particular Pope. There's been a lot of really bad Popes throughout the history, but uh, this guy really is amazing. But, he's talking about a battle. That will show no quarter. You think things are bad now? Guess again. You haven't seen no quarter yet. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people are being arrested and fined for going fishing or going out or visiting grandma. It's astounding. We've gone to this strange place. Now, some places are not so lockdownish. But until we come together and get organized and begin to follow the Holy Spirit, 
See, it isn't so much that our temporal and spiritual leaders have abandoned us. It's that we've abandoned Christ. Uh, we've abandoned the organization of Christ. Which was that we were to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. I'm just astounded. I talk to people who read the Bible all the time. And they think they know all about the Bible. And they think they, they're Christians and everything. And you mention tens, hundreds, and thousands. And they think you're talking numerology. Christ commanded that his disciples make the people organize themselves in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. They could not have had a daily ministration. Paul could not have taken relief to other countries all over the Roman Empire if they did not have the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Because that's how they knew where to go and who to give funds to and supplies to and food to. I don't know. You guys haven't sat down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. We have a few people doing it. But until you do it, and why do you do it? Because you care about others. You don't do it because you're worried about this this uh, powerful forces of evil coming without quarter. Uh, you do it because that's the nature of Christ, is to come to serve. You gather together to serve. It's that simple. He, he goes on to talk about multiplying these attacks. They're going to continue to increase. And of course, we see from Michael Matt's uh, references to what different countries are saying, they do intend to cre- increase and continue with lockdowns and shutdowns. It's not for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, or even a couple of years. It's a global reset. And if you don't look like you're in compliance, you could be arrested and quarantined. Want to, so they, these, these attackers, they want to destroy the very basis of society, the, the natural family. Black Lives Matter wants to destroy the natural family and somebody's giving them millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars and they say right out they want to destroy the natural family. It was in their agenda. Communists wanted to do that. They they don't respect human life. They're all for abortion. They're all for uh, terminating anybody. You hear the rhetoric coming out of uh, Kamala that they're going to hunt down the people that supported Trump. I did not vote for Trump. I have a king. I'm one of those people that have this other king. They really have it. They're not just faking it like a lot of Christians say. I have another king, but if I need anything for my like my daily bread, I'm going to pray to the men who exercise authority one over the other to get my daily bread. That is not the kingdom of God. That is not the righteousness of God. That is a covetous practice and that is why you have become merchandise. So anyway, they also want to destroy love of country. Love of nation. They want to, you know, free. he says in here, freedom of education. I don't know what he means by that. If he's talking the freedom to homeschool, yeah, they want to destroy the freedom to homeschool. To be schooled by your parents, to be taught by your parents. They want, we talked in previous weeks about them having bills that they're writing right now and, and presenting to Congresses right now that terminate parental rights across the board. And biz, small businesses, you're toast. And they, they will kill out a big section now and people are saying, well, I, my business is still running, so I'm okay. But, what about the other businesses that are on your block that are falling apart and they're dying? You need to come together. If you were together in, in like the tens, hundreds, and thousands of early Christendom, like the tens, hundreds, of thousands of the Israelites crossing a desert full of enemies, then you would have a chance. But because you are disorganized, and why are you disorganized? Because you're disoriented. You've been told this is the kingdom. All you have to do is say you accept Jesus in your heart as your personal Savior. And you're automatically saved by the power of the words in your own mouth. You are magically chanting your salvation into existence. That's witchcraft. That doesn't... what You have to repent and seek the kingdom of God. The government of God. And the righteousness of God. And it is not righteous to covet your neighbor's goods through the agency of men who exercise authority one over the other. Because Jesus said that wasn't right. I'm not making it up. People act like, what is he talking about? Why do you come up with this opinion? 
I'm just telling you what Jesus said. And you haven't heard it yet. Some of you are hearing it because his sheep hear his voice. They hear his words and they want to go this other way. We see heads of nations and religions, excuse me, and religious leaders pandering to the suicide of Western culture and its Christian soul, while the fundamental rights of citizens and believers are denied in the name of health emergency that is revealing itself more and more fully as instrumental to the establishment of an inhuman, faceless tyranny. He said it there again. An inhuman. Remember before when he was talking about humanity? Warring against humanity? So something inhuman is warring against God and humanity. (laughs) And it's faceless. So we haven't seen him yet. So it isn't George Soros. It isn't Bill Gates. It isn't these guys you see. It's the ones you don't see that you're facing. Principalities in high places. He goes on to say, Global plan called the Great Reset is underway. It's already underway. It's architects. is a global elite, he says. No, it's that inhuman (laughs) element of the universe that wants to take your dominion away from you. Can't do it. He can't take it away from you. But you can give it up. And that's what they're going to do. You're going to give it up. Most of you will give it up. Everybody would give it up. The plan is so complete. And, and you know, Krauss in Germany, he didn't devise the plan. He's a pawn. You know, Gates is a pawn. These guys are pawns. Puppets of the evil that is afoot. Drastically limits individual freedom. That's what they want to do. But they want to, what they want to do is turn this disoriented nature into chaos. And the disorganized nature of the people into the people warring against one another, turning one another in. We are not even hungry yet. And people are already turning one another in. Fear rules the day. You know, the World Economic uh, Forum and Event 201, he mentions Event 201 as well, promoting their agenda. I don't have time to go into all those things right now, but he goes on to say the purpose of the Great Reset is the imposition of a health dictatorship aiming at the imposition of liberty-sidal measures hidden behind tempting promises of ensuring universal income and cancellation of individual debt. He chose those words uh, carefully. Individual debt. Cancellation of individual debt. You know what that means? Collective debt. You are all going to have one purse. And you're going to lurk privately to shed the blood of the innocent. And it's interesting that simultaneously Argentina legalized abortion, which is the ultimate blood of the innocent. But the aborted fetuses are not the only innocent that they intend to destroy. Evil, the evil of the, of this non-human realm cannot kill the righteous. But they can work you up into a frenzy so that you kill the righteous. Then the sin is on your head. And they will not have to dwell in in the dark realms of the earth. Or the universe. Which is where they dwell now. But evil is afoot. Seriously afoot. The price of these concessions from the International Monetary Fund will be the renunciation of private property. Do away with private debt. Do away with private property. Right? Right? You give up the responsibility. You give up the right. Now, really, there is no real private property today. There is a legal private property in the legal system. But it isn't really private property. It's not real ownership. 
But they're even going to do away with that. Private property. Confiscation of everything you own because you didn't wear a mask. How about that? Adherence to the, and without quarter. They're not killing people heavily now, but when they come around to it, people, you know, I've seen so many people say, well, we'll take up arms and we'll overthrow them. You're too disorganized and disoriented. You, you will not be able to do that. That is crazy. That is crazy talk. You need to repent and turn around and start doing what Christ said. You are not ready to fight. I mean, this is not how you left the bondage of Egypt. Moses didn't come in and arm all the Israelites and say, let's go attack the Pharaoh who was overtaxing the people so he could conduct his foreign wars. You know, there's a lot of stuff coming. And I just can't tell you at all. But basically, I'm trying to point to the principles. Do away with private property. Adherence to a program of vaccination against COVID-19 and COVID-21 promoted by Bill Gates with the collaboration of the main pharmaceutical groups. He goes on later to say requirements of a health passport and digital ID with the... This is an archbishop in the Catholic Church who was the nuncio for America and actually... Uh, North America, including Canada, I believe, the Apostolic Nuncio. This is not some little guy. This guy is in no. Now, they're trying to defame him, of course, but he's telling you. And the fact is, this is not the only place that I get this information. But I thought this letter was interesting, and he sent it to Trump. And with the consequences of contact tracing of the population of the entire world. Now, when I see that word world there, I wonder what Greek word he would put in that place. He probably knows Greek. Those who do not accept these measures will be confined in detention camps or placed under house arrest and all their assets will be confiscated. He says that. He's telling you that. This is the guy who's in the know. He's telling you what they're up to. So, looking, trying to get through my time here. Further lockdowns are planned, which will be officially justified by a a supposed second and third wave of the pandemic. Right now, the the wave of the, the pandemic that we're seeing, you know, is just the flu season. And Italy is is implementing these huge draconian measures of stopping people on the road and sending them back and locking them in their homes because we're, the, the hospitals are going to be overwhelmed. Hospitals have been overwhelmed in Italy every year for 40 years. They have never had a flu season where the hospitals were not overwhelmed. They've got socialized medicine. They've never had enough beds in Italy. This is just the flu. Now, it might be worse because everybody's wearing masks because we know that if you get infected with the flu and you're wearing a mask in the first stages, you will get sicker because you will be self-inoculating yourself. But anyway, you are well aware of the means, he's talking to Trump, that have been deployed to so panic the media, other politicians, and legitimize draconian limitations on individual liberties, artfully provoking a worldwide economic crisis. You haven't even felt the economic crisis yet. I mean, there's a lot of small businesses that are terribly suffering and individuals that are terribly suffering. There's no doubt of that. But worldwide economic crisis, that's coming. That hasn't got here yet. The extent of that will be like a giant wave. This We haven't felt that yet. That's coming. This is all the more reasons you need to repent and seek the kingdom of God and start doing what Christ commanded. In the intention of its architect, this crisis will serve to make the recourse of nations to the Great Reset irreversible. Well, they aren't irreversible, but they will be irreversible without the greatest reset. Unfortunately, the greatest reset will involve the wrath of God, which is which is an ambiguous term. When we say the wrath of God, it's not an old man up there starting to throw a temper tantrum. 
the wrath of God is the repercussions of this following this way. This clash with righteousness. It's built into the system. The wrath of God is not God losing his temper. It's the character of God that is already built into the system. And uh, he, he goes on, the values that do not act like uh, automatons, people and values that do not act like automatons, who do not obey like machines, because they are endowed with a soul and a heart, because they are tied together by a spiritual bond and draws its strength from above, from that God, that our adversaries want to challenge just as Lucifer did at the beginning of time with his non-servium. They are going to make war against anybody that has an inkling of the character of God. Many of the people go out to the churches, Catholic churches, Presbyterian churches, Baptist churches, Seventh-day Adventist churches, and, and I, I'm not telling anybody to stop going to those churches. I'm saying, think differently, repent, start seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The more you will do that, the more likely you'll be kicked out of many of those churches. Some of them, you might have whole churches converting and seeing what is right. But I've seen this time and time again where somebody wakes up and begins to see the, the true nature of the kingdom, or at least part of it. It's, you don't see the whole thing. Nobody sees the whole thing but God. But you start seeing and you realize, this is true. This I will take this to my church board and they will see it too. And they are shocked. I warn them. They may not see it. They may kick you out because you bring this up. Because it attacks their vanity and their delusion. But, you know, you make your choices. But the point is, is that as you wake up, and Jesus warns the same thing he warns to you. Don't cast your pearls before swine. You can share this information to some degree, but realize that the, the pigs who have, are in love with the mire will turn on you and rent you under. They, they will do that if you challenge their delusion. I do it all the time, but I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness, which is one of the things that this archbishop said at the beginning. <laughs> he actually said he's a voice of one crying in the desert. I came off the desert just minutes before I actually got sitting down here two minutes before the show started. <laughs> he goes on to say many people, uh, as we well know, are annoyed by this reference to the clash between good and evil and the use of apocalyptic overtones, which according to them, exasperates the spirit and sharpens division. The division is here already. You just have to decide what side you're on. And and you have to put on the full armor of God. No dabbling in religion. You need to be seeking to practice pure religion, unspotted by the world. That means you have to start taking care of all the social welfare of people sitting, willing to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and care for one another as much as they care for themselves. That's a big transition because we've gone a long ways away from that. We have dropped a lot of our responsibility. It's going to be tighten your belt time. Until a few months ago, it was easy to smear as conspiracy theorists those who denounced these terrible plans which we now see being carried out down to the smallest detail. You're going to see more and more of this in the days ahead. No one up until last February could would ever have thought that in all our cities, citizens would be arrested simply for wanting to walk down the street. Yep. To breathe. To want to keep their business open. To want to go to church on Sunday, he says. Yet, now it is happening all over the world, even in picture postcard Italy that many Americans consider to be a small enchanted country with its ancient monuments, its churches, its charming cities, its characteristic villages. 
And while the politicians are barricaded inside their palaces, promulgating decrees like Persian satraps, businesses are failing, shops are closing, and people are prevented from living, traveling, working, and praying. The disastrous psychology consequences of this operation are already being seen beginning with the suicides of desperate entrepreneurs and of children segregated from friends told to follow their classes while sitting at home alone in front of a computer. He goes on to talk about uh, St. Saint Paul, Saint Paul speaks. In, it's in Second Thessalonians. We just finished the study on Second Thessalonians 2, 6, 7. Uh, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. He talks about the mystery of iniquity. In the religious sphere, this obstacle to evil is the church and in the particular, he says, the papacy. Now, this is a Roman Catholic guy. So, he, he's saying this. I'm telling you that the obstacle is not the church, but his church, referring to Christ. And his church is doing something much different. See, one of the things, that, and I talked about it in this morning's show, you can go listen to them both, is that uh, we don't want to go back before Vatican II. We want to go back to Christ. And the Father in Heaven. Not the Father in Rome. Or the Father in Washington, D.C. He goes on to say, It is those who impede the establishment of the new world order. No, it is Christ. But you have to actually do what Christ said. Now, there's there's like a page and a half I didn't get to in this. But it's on our site. You can go and uh, look up Building Back. And hopefully I'll get more added to that page before uh, the week is out. But uh, join the network. Go to preparingyou.com. Join the network. Start sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Start organizing because you're not organized now. And until then, may peace be upon your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.